Welcome, Jacqueline. This is Sarah Tovah-Beth. Arshas Nayach, how do you see? We're talking about Hashem Elohim, Hashem Elohim, Hashem Elohim, which we spoke about yesterday. How do you see in a world that a natural world where you have tables and chairs, how do you see the miraculous in such a world? Not only how do you see it, how do you start to live that way? What is that going to look like, living a miraculous life in a natural way? What exactly is it going to look like? So we have an example in the Parsha, and it's called a rainbow. It's called a rainbow. Because in this Parsha, again, oh, we spoke yesterday about that this is a world that um, self-corrects. So again, a world that self-corrects, the world of Nayakh, how do you see it with the rainbow? A world that self-corrects, you don't have to destroy because it will keep fixing itself. A lifestyle that we create that self-corrects, it, you know, has a, you know, the, you know, they have these things in the car now that if you're veering to the side, it goes beep, 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 and it gets you back on course. Gets you back on course. Imagine a, a, a world that it can't get too far off course. This is a very profound concept. It can't get too far off course. It will just, it's like a house. But if it gets, I used to think this concept, can't really maintain it now, but if you create a system in which if your house gets more than 20% out of uh, order of of mess and it's not looking the way you want it to look, it can only go 20% and then it will self-correct, that it will go back to being in order. And there are two styles. Some people like the style of just, some people will work in the kitchen in a way that they'll make a giant mess. The place looks like a disaster. The place looks like a disaster. As a kitchen will look like a disaster. And when and they like that. They feel good. You have a very neat kitchen, and then you work in it, and it looks like a hurricane hit it, and then eventually you clean it up, and it looks really nice again. And some people love that because the contrast between the horrible, messy kitchen and the and the neat kitchen is very um, uplifting. So pe- some people feel very good making the place a big mess and then cleaning it up at some point. It's just the contrast is very uplifting. Other people hate that style. They never let it get more than 20% out of order. If it gets more than 20% messy, they clean it up right away. Two different styles. So, by the way, we were saying the world of gracious is a world that could just get totally messed up, and then it has to be destroyed and redone. And uh, I, I had a, I had a, I had a friend in in high school that had long, 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 long hair. And one day she came with a short, short, short cropped haircut. And we asked her, what happened? And she said, this police girl, I always quote her. She said, it was so hot. And I woke up and my hair was sticky and long and itchy and and I, dirty. And it was just like I couldn't anymore. I just couldn't deal with it. So I just went to the hairdresser and just got it all cut off. So 
that idea, like, I just, I can't anymore. It just it gets crazy and then just destroy the whole thing and just start all over again. That's the world of, of Bracious. The world of Nayak is to keep self-correcting. It never gets too far out of, out of order. It keeps self-correcting. And that's the world expressed through this expression of Hashem Rulakim. That this level of Hashem, this miraculous aspect of Hashem, will keep it, in, it, it injects the power of self-correcting in the world. Okay. So that's expressed by the Kesha, by the, um, the rainbow. Because what's the idea? Hashem comes along, and he, what's the idea of the rainbow? Hashem says, this world will never come to an end again. We're not doing system number one again. We're doing system number two, self-correcting. The way the world works in a constant way, it works without change. Sun rises, sun sets. And all the constellations. And what do you notice in that? Above any limitation. Because the sun rising and the sun setting is supposed to be for a limited time, and then it's supposed to stop. Everything is under entropy. Nothing lasts forever. So how come the sun and the moon last forever? When I was in second grade or something, walking up the stairs from recess, somebody in my class said, by the way, some smart kid said, you know that the sun is only going to last a certain amount of time, and then it's going to burn out, and we won't be here anymore. And I still feel the trauma today (laughs) from that statement. You know, oh boy, it's all going to be over soon. I didn't realize he meant six billion years. It's all going to be over soon. It's not true. It's really not true. The Kayak of Ain Seif assures that there's no such thing as it's all going to be over soon. It's a Kayak above any limitation. And it is that Kayak ensures that Aniha Vaila Shinisi, Hashem, will never change. He's planning to keep the world go. He's planning to get the world going forever. So he put into the world this rainbow. What does the rainbow do? The Kesha. It it deals with the rays of the sun. The rays of the sun penetrate the cloud. And when you look at the rays of the sun as they come through the cloud, then you have, and the cloud goes up. Where is this cloud coming from? It comes up from the comes up from the earth, the Adyalamina Aris. The cloud comes up from the earth. You know, a mist goes up from the earth and then it creates a cloud. So this cloud was designed, that comes up from the earth, is designed to hide the sun. Okay, what does that mean spiritually? This cloud hurting this The earthiness of the world is going to cover up his really seeing Hashem openly. You know, it gets busy with my everyday life. What's going on in the world today will cover up a very effective. We are now in a moment in history where what's going on in the world is so, seems so real. And it is real at some point in some way, but it seems so real and so completely evil and ungodly that it's hard to remember 
But Hashem Hu Elohim, Hashem is going to do what He wants rather than what the world wants. Because the world is at a point, to say in the Holocaust, the world sure looked like there was no Hashem, God forbid. There were many, many times in Jewish history where the world did a really effective job of faking, of pretending that there was no God running the world. Every time we had a Gezerah against the Jewish people, it sure looked like Hashem was not on our side. It sure looked like he didn't exist. That's how effectively the world, the earthiness, created a cloud that blocked the visibility of Hashem. That's the cloud. So when the sun is trying to shine through the clouds, Hashem's visibility is trying to get through this earthiness. Then what happens? Then what are you going to see? You're going to see a rainbow. The sun is shining. The the cloud is trying to block Hashem completely. It doesn't quite succeed. So you're going to see on your side of it, looking from down here, a rainbow. And what is that? The cloud becomes purified so that you can actually see Hashem through it. The earthiness that is saying, what are you talking about? There's no God. Where did you get this stuff? You know, if anybody saw, there was this video of President Trump, and he was saying, all the things, the, the virus is this, the mass is this, or that. He said, it's all up to the boss. And he points up. Up to heaven. It's all up to the boss. All this stuff, we can do whatever we do, but in the end, it's all up to the boss. And he said, I know I'm going to get in trouble for this. You're going to hate me for this. Because I'm saying it. He said, I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it anyway, and I'm going to say it again. Everything's up to the boss. The big boss upstairs. You know, the big boss in heaven. That's it. So, the earthiness is trying to cover that over. The world is trying to say, what boss? What are you talking about? I'm the boss. That's what Napoleon said. That's what, that's what Tara said. I'm the boss. What boss up there are you talking about? There's no boss up there. Oh, God, I am it. The earthiness produces that feeling of, I'm the boss. No boss up there. And the cloud is the result of all that effort to prove that. So imagine a cloud that allows Hashem to be visible. From the very earth that's trying to hide Hashem, it allows Hashem to be visible. The Shem Hashavaya shines through. What do you see when that happens? A rainbow. What do you know when you see the rainbow? It's a sign of Mashiach. And it's a reminder that Hashem says, I will never destroy the world again. I might do other stuff. I'm going to modify it, but I'm not going to destroy it. And the fact that the existence of the eternity of the world depends on the rainbow, is brought out by the rainbow. Hashem says, this is the brick that I'm putting between you and me, between all flesh. I'm telling you, look at the rainbow. This is our brick. Brismila is uniquely for Yidden. And the bris between us and the world is, is the, is, that's their bris. The rainbow. And it's interesting, right? You know, whatever. Shavanis is the, the rainbow. Our bris is the brismila, theirs is the rainbow. Maybe one can say. And so, what do you see in that? The existence of Kobotar Asher, 
all flesh on the earth. What is palpable? It's called the Kayach Apayel Shemachaya Mahada Oisai. The name Havaya. What is palpable in this? Hashem Havaya. Hashem, as he is, Yudkei Vavkei above the world. Mahada. Havaya is Mahada. Yudkei Vavkei. Haya, Hayide, Hava, Viyake Echad, Shina Echad. Hashem, Yudke Vavke, is the energy with which past, present, and future are all one piece. And we're all we're talking about the Kayak of Asmus, it creates something from nothing. Called Nuhutava, Tmusa, Shalmatu, Barakusha, Mitsusa, Mir Tmusa, the Eno Eloma, Eze, Ila, the Kadmala Hashem, the Lachinu, the Vadabu Kayak of Yahabu, the Variation, in this Kayach of Hashem comes from his very essence. It has no reason to make it happen. He has no reason preceding him. And he is the only one at that level that creates something from nothing. That energy in him. Where do you find that energy? Past, present, and future is all the same. Everything can be. You can, something can come from nothing. You can actually find it in the physical world. It's called the Yesh Hadashim. Okay? So then, this Avaita that we do in Parshas Nayach, we keep self-correcting. We bring Hashem's miraculous nature into everyday life. It's also emphasized in Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha shows going in with an infinite Infinite progress from one level to another to what place, the place Ashera Eka. You're going to come face to face with your, with realizing in Lechlecha that we're totally safe. We have no idea where we're going. And Hashem says, no problem. I will show you when you've got, just keep on walking. And when you're there, I will tell you, okay, now stop here. And not only that, through the Avaita that we do in the world, when we do this, what do we find out? We find out what a Jew really is. We find out by going through life in this world and doing it this way and following Hashem, that when we are in a very low corrupt world, we're still capable of being one with Hashem. And when we do our Avaita in this very low corrupt world with evil intentions, not or if they have evil intentions or really corrupt intentions, through what we do, we purify the world and we bring Hashem into this world, even such a messed up world. And that allows us to go in the way of Hashem. And that reveals the true office of Hashem. Hashem When we do this, we follow Hashem faithfully, we reveal Hashem Elohim. Meaning that the name Elohim, which is connected with creating the world, when Hashem is here in the world, when Hashem looks, everything is natural, a natural world, what is it really? It's really a miraculous world. This natural world is really miraculous. The true existence of this, what looks like a regular, normal, natural world, is really Yudke Vaske, 
Hashem above the world. So you're looking at your blender on your counter, and you think it's just a blender. It's really Yitzke Vatke, expressing himself through the blender. So here's the question. Come to Parshas Noyach, what should we be doing? We should be asking ourselves how I'm doing in this way of living. Look into all the details of my life and the details of the world as it is to fix what I'm doing. So when we do a Cheshvan Tzedek, we do a, a, a soul reckoning on Parshas Noyach. Last week, Parshas Vreshas, we did kind of a soul reckoning on what kind of a year we're asking for, where we're going. Now we're asking more, where have I, I've, I've tried it for a week, how did I do? Actually, pretty lousy. <laughs> so how did I do it this week? Pretty lousy. Pretty lousy, right? So we come to, come to Shabbos Noyach, and we're asking ourselves, okay, how am I doing? What am I planning? We want this question we ask ourselves to match what's going on with Hashem. What is, what's going on with Him in this week? Hashem Ualakim. He's bringing His miraculous self down into nature. That's what's going on with Him. So He says, when you ask yourself how you're doing and how you're planning the year, what are you going to ask? How you're doing in what? How you're doing in Hashem Ualakim. Emerging the miraculous in the mundane. And where do you see it? In Shuba, the Avaid of Shuba. The Shuba on what? Hashem Hualakim. And that's why when Yom Kippur comes, and we say seven times at the end, Hashem Hualakim, that's what we're asking ourselves. That's what we're declaring. Only we're not asking ourselves that question, Yom Kippur, at Ne'ilah. We're declaring it. And that declaration infuses us with the ability to spend a year living that way. Now, are you capable of doing this? Seems pretty lofty. You know, who are you? You know, how we're not so... So here's the thing. It says, call Yisrael the Cheskas Kasher. You know, give every Jew the benefit of the doubt. Everybody's really Kasher. That's true about the other person. About, but about yourself, don't depend on that. Look into what you need to do to fix things for yourself. About the other person, they're good, they're good, they're good. But ourselves, we also want to say, well, let's see, what is it that I want to fix? And the tikkun is about tshuva. The Gemara says, you have one thought of tshuva, you become a tzaddik. So, and because this thought of tshuva in your heart will include everything that comes after that. There are two ways of fixing what you've done wrong. One is you look into what you've done wrong, into all your deeds, and you, you know, have a whole list put together. Now that can, for most people, that especially if you're very exact. That can be a very long list. And the person can uh, kind of lose their motivation. It was really good in other generations. People became giants by looking into their deeds and asking themselves what they did wrong, whether towards Hashem or towards each other. 
it really worked well. Now it's a disaster method. It does not work well. People just give up. You know, you say to somebody, you know, Tyra says to do this and this and this. And so the people often say, well, then I guess I'm not going to keep Tyra anymore. And that was it. That was it. If Tyra tells me to do something too tough, I'll give up on Tyra. You know, if you move to Florida and you live in a gated, and you move into a gated community, and then the rules are the neighbors are saying that you can't put a sukkah on your premises or whatever. You can't play music after a certain time. You say, okay, I'll leave. I'm not going to change myself. I'll leave. People get discouraged very quickly. This is not a generation for making a whole evaluation of all the things we did wrong because we just give up. We get very discouraged. Is there another way? Yeah, for sure there's another way. You look at all your deeds, and yet you go to a higher level. You put yourself into Tarantula, and all the things that they are there, but they become, it's like going up in the plane, you know. If you can see your house as you're going up in the plane as you're flying over, you don't see the defect in the roof. You don't see that nobody mowed your front lawn. Not when you're up in a plane. It's true that nobody mowed your front lawn. Everybody has a nicely groomed lawn, and yours is full of weeds. That's art. You don't see that when you're up in the plane. So the Rebbe is saying, the way to deal with life now is go up in the plane. And when you look down, you know, you're in a very luminous place. Oh, wow, look at the city. It's amazing. That's my house. That's my block. Oh, it looks so orderly and neat. So you're, you're in a light-filled situation, and it will push away a lot of darkness. It's not that you ignore it, but you're going to go up to a more light-filled situation. Um, and up there, when you're up in the plane, your main preoccupation is no longer, and you're on your way to an amazing trip somewhere, and you're up there looking down at your house as you fly over, your main preoccupation is no longer, oh, I can't believe this, I didn't mow the lawn, oh, that's so messy. It fades into the background. You're, you are busy, busy fixing things, but much higher level things. Because, you know, you left that behind. Now you've got a bunch of stuff to deal with, okay, on the trip, in the plane, how do you, you know, how am I going to dive in this? How, how am I going to do these? What am I going to do? Where, where, why am I going on this trip? How am I preparing for my next step of the journey? It's not that you give up doing stuff, but you now move to a higher, more sophisticated level of doing things. No longer just about taking care of your lawn. So which one's better? That's it. Just, if you can't deal with doing your front lawn, Take a plane and go somewhere? Well, not quite. The Rebbe says, let's put them both together. The question said it should be. Um, but you deal with these small things by lifting up to a low, to a higher level, and then you look down at them 
and you see a more creative way of dealing with them. Maybe when you're up there, you say, why was I being so stubborn? I refused to have the garden. He wanted $40. He'll call it, he'll want, you know, he'll solve my problem. Just let him come already instead of make, making myself crazy. When I was down there, I was so determined, no, I'm not getting a gardener. Once I'm up there and I'm looking at all the things that are going to be happening in my life and all the new exciting possibilities and I'm in this light-filled situation, I give it up. Just call the gardener. You look down at all those places where you're stuck and you're so determined, and all of a sudden it doesn't look so rigid anymore, and you feel like, okay, and creative solutions come to you about fixing the problems down there. It's like the hamshacha of the, the revelation of shame havaya into Elohim. That is the expression of Hashem Elohim. I'm in the everyday life. And there's so many problems, it's just overwhelming in in everyday natural life, in Elohim. So I lift up to Yudke Vavke, I lift up to Hashem's level above the world, and I have creative, fresh, brand new solutions. Now that we see from technology. Technology is creating. Technology is our worst enemy, and it's our best friend. It's our worst enemy in that you know, they're trying to use it to create population and mind control stuff, stuff, that's shown. Both our best friends. So if we use it in a way of Hashem Elohim, what we're trying to do is take all of this technology and use it as their best friend. KGB were bad guys. Very bad. Very, very bad. Now we speak to the KGB, get them on our side. They have a lot of information. And they have a lot of know-how. And we say, okay, help us do this, this, and this. And they're there to help. Asav was once our enemy. Now he wants to be our friend. Great. Asav has lots of connections. So says the vessels of the base of Midrash over there in the Vatican. Great. Let's tell him, hey, Joe, Donald, help us get the vessels on the base of Midrash. So, that's when you put the two together. And what happens is, it keeps you from being so depressed. Because if you're down here in the world and looking at everything that's wrong, including why didn't uh, I try to get around to putting on the storm windows, remember those days, putting on the storm windows, taking care of the lawn, putting, you know, sorting through the papers and all that other stuff. You just get to, and, and I've been so bad, and I said this, and I felt that, and I did that. You just feel so depressed because you're feeling what's wrong. And when you're swimming in what is wrong about you and what is wrong about your life, you're just going to be dragged down. But if you then go up to a higher level that's filled with light, that you're being granted as a gift through learning and davening, then you feel a totally different thing. You see all these problems, and you see the bigger perspective of these problems, and you see, wow, this is a way of experiencing Hashem even more and feeling the safety of Hashem. You see, you see the connection of a Jew with Hashem when he's in a very low situation, like Shem Havaya as it comes into Elohim. And therefore, if you do a Cheshvan Tzedek, you ask yourself, 
what shuvah do I have to be done? You can do it in a way of simcha and joy because you're looking, you're looking down at your problems from a higher perspective with a much bigger, more creative picture laid out. And all those little things are just pieces of the puzzle. And you see how they're all opportunities rather than problems, which when you were down in the, in the problems, you, all you could see is that they're problems. So this is all hinted at, at in, parsha, in this Parsha, Naya, and Shabbos. As it says, the Yom Shabbos of Vaya Lekecha. Shabbos is Yudke Havaya, Hashem, going into Elohim. Vayichal Elohim B'Yom etc. The revelation of Havaya and Shabbos, Shabbos Havaya. Shabbos is Hashem in his other world, above-worldly self, coming down into the world. You know, why is it a mitzvah? You eat challah. You know, oh, you Jewish people, you have this holiday. It's very spiritual, right? Oh, yes, it's intensely spiritual. So what do you do? Well, we have this thing called a blech. We have a blech. And we, and we put stew on the blech. <laughs> and we leave it a whole night, and we eat it. Okay, so the person is, okay, when you do the whole, the mystical holy stuff, they say, no, 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 that's it. The eating the chowin from the blech is very mystical and holy. They say, how in the world? You're eating some greasy meat with some beans and some ketchup. How is that a mystical, holy, Kabbalistic experience? Oh, no, 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 just come and learn a mime or you'll understand. So that Shabbos is the mystical, the miraculous coming into everyday life. And that's why Shabbos is the word of of Teshev, of, of Teshuva, it's a different Shuva. On Shabbos, you do Shuva Allah. You just go up, and you're in this delicious relationship with Hashem, and that's your Shuva. You're, not, you're doing it through joy. You're not, hopefully, thinking about, oh, right after Shabbos, I'd better mow the lawn. You're not involved in all the grunge. You go higher. You're involved in learning, etc., you're creating a Yichud Niflash, Ein Yichud Kamayu. You're creating a unity and intimacy with Hashem on Shabbos that takes care of all the problems. Like the situation that will be in the future, in the Shia time. The Ramam says, in that time, the learning of Tyra will be like water fills the ocean death. So Shabbos Parshas Nayach emphasizes Teshuva through joy. The Simcha. Shuvah through joy. Because we just came from Tishrei, full of holidays, full of Yom and We don't say Tachtun until the end of the month. And then when we start to say Tachtun in the month of Cheshvan, we're not used to Tachtun. And we're still, we're still in, we're in that joy mode. The Avaid of Shuvah. The avoid of tshuva that that comes with joy, and so and really that year tashnun alice when the rebbe said this tashnun base when the rebbe said this yichas, he's saying we've polished the buttons, we've done all that stuff, we took care of the grungy stuff. We're here now to be makabel pnei mashiach v'kenu. So here's the question: When you're asking yourself, how am I doing? When you're doing a cheshbon setting, asking yourself. How am I doing? 
How am I doing in what? How am I doing in, in stepping into the reality of take me mamish, the gula mitis vashlema has to come. When you ask yourself, so what's the, okay, what's the chesh synthetic? What's the final statement? No. What's the conclusion of all this? That the gula mitis vashlema has to come right now. That's the conclusion. Not how bad you are, but we're on our way. This is it. And even, the truth is, everybody knows the stuff they need to fix. <coughs> and it's not a contradiction to what the, the Friyadik Rebbe says, that we've done our Avaida. Everything's done. Wait, if everything's done, so how come I'm like this? I think I have stuff that needs to be fixed. So if everything's done, what's going on? So the truth is, the answer is, that the Avaida of Klal Yisrael, the, the general Avaida of the whole Jewish people, throughout all the generations, in Gullus, to bring the Geula, is done. All the things we had to do, all of the deeds and all of the Avaida that we had to do throughout the, all the generations, to bring Mashiach, Nisaima ben Nishlama, has been finished and completed. It's done. The general Avaida of all Jewish people to bring the Geula is finished, done. And there's no explanation at all why we're still schlepping and not quite fully in the Geula. And so if one little detail is, is missing, then, you know, you look down and you say, okay, let's see, oh, there's that and that and that. Okay, fine, I'll fix it, no big deal. We don't take those details of what we're doing wrong so seriously anymore. We're not supposed to, because the main thing is done. We can't hold back the Geula. You know, those people say, that's why I'm <laughs> somebody was uh, in a grocery store here. You know, and the Mexican workers, you know, it's very funny. So somebody pushed in line in front of somebody else. So one of the Mexican workers said, that's why Mashiach no come, because you cut in line. Right? So, no. You can't blame it on yourself anymore or on the other person. Ah, Mashiach would have been here if not for her or him. Can't do it. Can't say it. We can't hold back Mashiach because of our private deeds. We want to look at them and say, okay, so let's just go. But you're in this light-filled situation. You know, you just drank, you know, you just made Kiddush. You had a whole cup of wine. You're feeling lightheaded and happy. You say, okay. Let's not, let's not fight, let's not argue, okay, do this. Everything seems light because you're in that light, you lift up to a light-filled situation. And so the, the fixing of my personal details gets much easier because I'm doing it with joy. Because I know very soon the Gula is coming. And to sum up one other idea, to say it in a different way, we are one, the Jewish people are one, uh, unit. And we find ourselves in a situation where we're whole with all our limbs and it's, it's one body. The Jewish people is one body and it's a healthy whole body, both for Ruchmiyot and Begashmiyot. So if there's anything lacking, it's like a little detail here that needs a little fixing, you know, take a little homeopathic remedy, you know, stop the sniffle, you take care of it, we're done. And as it says, Virate, Virate. 
just like a doctor was given the uh, the permission to heal. So Rafua also comes through Chuva. The Dara Chuva Rafua And the fullness of Rafua is from now on it's the kind of Rafua we can have now is it uproots any any illness that was before. And so even those things in the time of the Friedrich Rebbe, and how much more so since then, we, you know, we met after 40 years, we're there. And so to end off with this, um, Rebbe's showing this whole idea, we're stepping into Lech Lechassim. And we're being empowered to move forward into an infinite way of being, to not be stuck by limitations, to go from Golis to Gula, but to step into a, a lifestyle in which we're no longer we're no longer buying into limitations. Which shows that Lefakha means it's quick on clouds of glory. And surely, surely, Kalukala Kitten and and we have already done Shuva. This is the key piece. We've already done Shuva. And now, ain hadavar tolui elu b'mashiach b'kinu. The whole thing depends on the end of mashiach b'kinu atma. So we're just going to talk for a minute about the myth of Kiddush Levana because the relationship between the moon and the sun, the moon doesn't have its own light. It's like us. We receive from Hashem. He's the boss. And we receive from Him. And we have nothing. And really we're supposed to be I'm nothing. Hashem is everything we receive from Him. Pretty good. There's another relationship in which we're equal partners. You know, the feminist. Hashem says, yeah, be feminist. <laughs> we're equal partners. The moon and the sun will ultimately be totally one unit. When we do Kiddush Levana, since we can't really see the Shekhinah at this point, we're not really fit to be able to do it, but when we do Kiddush Levana, we really are getting as close to it as we can to sort of experiencing the Shina, so to speak. And the sun, which goes on the name Havaya, and the moon, which goes on the name Elohim, the the relationship between them is the same concept. Hashem Elohim. Sun to moon. Sun giving to moon. And then and then first the sun gives to the moon, and then there's no giver and taker. They become one unit. Hashem, who, Elohim. The giver and the receiver become one. That's our generation. Nobody wants to be a receiver anymore. Nobody. And nobody wants to be told what to do. Nobody. Everybody like, well, we're on equal footing. That's the way it is. Hashem, who, Elohim. That's because we're on the way to the giver and the receiver, the sun and the moon, are merging. And so when we look at life now, when we do a cheshpan tzedek, we can ask ourselves, is life very complicated? Or is it very simple? And it's both. It is very complicated, but there's another perspective. It's very simple. There's only one thing going on. All we're doing, all that's happening is the revelation of Mashiach in various complex steps, which can be frightening, at the same time, but it's only one thing happening. So how do we bring this out? Oh, I would like to personally switch from, oh my goodness, life is so complicated too. Very simple. 
what would I have to do to switch from life's so complicated, I can't, I can't, I can't, to, oh, very simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. What would I have to do to switch? The answer is, be careful in Kiddush Levana. We will be renewed like the moon. This mitzvah of being a Kaddish Levana has everything to do with how us personally, we just like the moon is going to go to a whole other status, so will we. When we do Kiddush Levana, it's elevating us up to the status that we'll have that's much more fun than this one, much more pleasant. And it will come through David Melech Yisrael, Chai Vekayim, as we say in Kiddush Levana. So what we need to do is be very careful with Kiddush Levana, put on nice clothes, um, lots of people should come, and um, and be careful about Kiddush Levana. When you do it, you know, after three days from the Mylid, and in some places after seven days, etc. And um, it's better to do it on Matei Shabbos, and then lots of people come, and then they bring entertainment, you know, over here, it's a, they bring entertainment, and we dance, and all these other things, and it's really, really crucial because it enables us to to step into a relationship with the Shekhinah and experience the Shekhinah and give it its proper, the Shekhinah, its proper, um, pay proper attention to the Shekhinah, and it changes the world. And and also, why are we doing it? To hasten the revelation of David Malk Meshitha. To ask for, as we say in Kiddush Levana, what is Kiddush Levana all about? Asking Hashem for We ask Hashem, please reveal yourself to us and reveal Mashiach to us. Amen. That's the whole Kiddush Levana. So when we do Kiddush Levana, we make it into a whole thing with music and with dancing and nice clothes and Mosheh Shabbos and all the celebration, all that stuff. Its whole point is coming out. Hashem is saying, oh, great, you're asking me to reveal myself on the ship? Yeah, yeah, okay, you got it. That one's an easy one for him. So Yi Rutten, the Rebbe says, that before Kiddush Lubana of that year, of, of that month and that, that year, etc., um, we should have what it says, together with Mashiach. And then we should have, we should have, we will have, but Hashem will take us in an infinite way. He will give us and to our our offspring, the generations to come from us, all the ten lands that really belong to us. And and then we will do the mitzvahs that Hashem gives us, etc. And we will have, not only we, we will see the face of Havaya, including we will see the unity between Shem Havaya and Shem Alakim. We will start to see Havayolakim. We will start to see that the miraculous, that the mundane world today is really miraculous and is none other than Yudke Vavke expressing itself. Which means that when Hashem, in his miraculous way, is revealing himself in the world and he's exploding all the limitations, sometimes it looks really fun and sometimes it looks really scary. We don't seem to have the vessels very well developed. We don't seem to have the tools to distinguish between Hashem, between that and that. 
when it looks really scary, it's hard to remember, oh, yeah, this is Hashem stretching the world to absorb the Geula. But rather, it looks like game over, God forbid. And really what it is is, oh, yeah, this is another expression of Hashem expanding the vessels of the world so he can stand in his miraculous essence. And that's called Hashem Elohim. The Rebbe says, we say it in the Eila of Yom Kippur. After we say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elohim, Hashem Echad, one time, and Bar Shem Kavad Malchut Aleyalam Ba'ed, and then the Rebbe, at the end of this Sikha, the Rebbe said, Hashem Elohim, 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 L'Shana Ba'abi Yerushalayim. And as the Rebbe says, to end off, when we say that, and when we do that, and when the Rebbe said that, in Parshas Nayach of that year, he pulled down a miraculous level, and it became normal, natural. And then he reached up and pulled down the higher level, and it became part of nature. And then he reached up seven different layers of bringing that miraculous way, let's say, as expressed in technology, down into everyday life, seven different levels. So, Yiratan, we should have the revelation of Hashem in his miraculous Ba'ula sense down here in everyday life, and we should have the Gula Mitzvah this week, this day, immediately.